0: I'm Jennifer Prophet. I'm Heather Waters. And this is a podcast where we take turns recommending books, movies, and TV shows based purely on the strength of their romantic storylines. And this week, it is your turn, Heather, to try and pitch me on something. And I know what it is, but I am very excited because you've been holding this one hostage from me for a while. I feel that our listeners will think that's a common refrain of yours, <laughs> but in this case, it's true. I've been guilty of hoarding this this show and this couple for a while, even though I'm really, really, really looking forward to talking to you about it. I've wanted to talk to you about it forever. It just always seemed to be uh, like put on the back burner for some other couple, but- it's finally our time to talk about upload on Amazon Prime and a couple that is made in virtual heaven by the names of Nathan and Nora. So buckle up because this is going to be a very enjoyable ride. Okay, I can't wait. And <laughs> uh, so, could you give me a quick summary? Because even though I watched the trailer back when the show first premiered, I really I don't actually remember a whole lot of it. Besides the virtual heaven aspect. Well, and yeah, I have to say I'm disappointed in Amazon Prime for not doing a better job of marketing this show. I remember it caught my eye because they did a lot of Twitter advertising with the trailer Mm -hmm. back in 2020. But otherwise, I just don't think they do a great job of promoting their shows or, frankly, their books and podcasts and audiobooks for that matter. But In this case, I really feel that this show would have as much success as The Office or something like that because of how relatable it is and how funny it is. And yet so many people have no idea that it even exists. So yes, let me start from the top here. Upload debuted in May 2020. So just a couple months into the pandemic, which is probably another reason that it didn't get as much attention as it deserved at the time. But on the other hand, I bet a lot of people did watch it then because we were all stuck at home. So it was kind of both the worst and best timing for this show. Um and you can still watch season one now on Amazon Prime. There are 10 episodes and they run about 30 minutes each, uh, except the pilot, which was a little longer at 45 minutes. And I can tell you now, Jen, which is part of the reason this is the perfect time to tell you about this show that after a very long wait, season two is going to be released and it will have seven episodes. So by the time you start watching it, you should have somewhere <laughs> around 17 episodes to binge watch. And I will be a little bit jealous of you. Excellent. And um, so with a 30 minute runtime, is this, would you consider this a sitcom, a comedy, or a dramedy? You kind of compared it to The Office, but... Um, That's not quite what I picked up on the trailer. So what's the tone? Yeah, so it's, I would consider it a dramedy. um, But it's not a sitcom by any means. But it's also not really a drama. It's, um, it's a mix of a... It's a, there's a little bit of romance, there's a little bit of sci-fi to it, a lot of satire. Um, it really is, there's a little bit of a mystery. There's really a lot going on here. And the reason I reference The Office is because it's created by Greg Daniels, who was the showrunner of the American version of The Office. So he really has a very deft touch in terms of of comedy but with some dramatic and romance elements to it and you know when he's associated with a project I'm automatically interested um and it's in terms of the tone I mean I do think it 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 leans more toward just kind of the satire side and a lot of the the best comedy comes from poking fun at you know capitalism and our dependence on technology and how that kind of alienates us from real life relationships. The show itself is set in a near future version of New York City. And so it's to help you kind of get oriented. There's, for instance, a 2024 uh, political poster hanging up in someone's house. That's like a campaign poster for Oprah and Kamala. Um, (laughs) And there are self-driving cars and self-driving bikes. And there are 3D printers that can print your food. And most crucially, this is a universe where when you die, you can upload your consciousness into the cloud and you can spend the rest of your afterlife. You can, you know, you can go to a virtual heaven um, and that's, it's it's basically become like uh, the commercialization of heaven, right? So it's, mm-hmm. you know, you can now live forever in Vegas or the hills of Tuscany or in Africa or in this case where most of the plot takes place is a heaven that's known as Lakeview and it is actually modeled after like a Victorian resort in upstate New York with beautiful views of a lake and fall foliage and all that stuff. Um, And so it's just something where everything, every like any... It's the kind of the culmination of our capitalist society now, where even in death, right? like companies are trying to mm-hmm. get money out of you and to to make you a customer. So it's kind of a dark comedy in that way, but it's really balanced out by some very sweet um, you know, relationships and this um, this idea that, we can kind of overcome some of these things and to to kind of find out what's actually more important in life or in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's in terms of the tone, it really is a mixed bag. And I think that's why I like it. Cause you know, sitcoms are not really my thing. So while right. there is some situational comedy and physical comedy, it's not, that's not what it is for the most part. Right. This is the Venn diagram of where our tastes kind of sit together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where it's, I prefer comedy or lighter dramas or, like, crazy fantastical shows, I, which I have referenced a lot here, recommended a lot here on the podcast. But then, like like I said, this is kind of where your love of, like, angst and drama yeah. sits with my love of sitcoms. It is a so. perfect intersection And I think that's why both you and I will be big fans of the show once you watch it. Um, Like there's some of the jokes that I find, especially as someone who spends a lot of time reading and thinking about burnout, there's a lot of just kind of funny jokes about um, like the insane corporate consolidation that has been going on in our real world. But in -hmm. the show, for instance, there are companies like Panera Aeon and Bloomingdale's is now a convenience store and airlines have like funny names now because how they've merged into like frontier spirit and uh, a basic economy seat means you're literally like stacked on top of someone in a flight. I mean, it's just kind of like jokes like that Mm -hmm. that are um, poking fun at our society and stuff that I really enjoy. Um, Just like the satire and the spoofing of all that. There's also – like, glimpses of the New York that you and I know, whereas a lot of times in New York, TV shows presented as ginormous uh, apartments and, you know, a book editor who is actually very wealthy and just stuff that we know not to be true at all. And and this show, which takes place, uh, like the real life stuff takes place in Dumbo, Brooklyn, and mm. the heroine commutes every day to Dumbo from Queens, which, as we know, would be absolutely horrible. And we see shots of her on a packed subway and just like completely miserable to go to her like boring office job in a cubicle. And it's just very like fun and relatable in that way, too. Um, interestingly, like I said, this came out in May 2020. There's someone on that subway who's wearing a mask, too. So the show also just feels kind of eerily um, like ahead of its time. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very clever show. And I, I enjoy that type of humor. Yeah. I, uh, I have a few questions if you'll allow. Okay. Well, this is more of a comment, but immediately what sprung to mind as far as a comp for this show is, um, the good place, which is one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. Yes. And Um, actually some of the reviews reference that, right. Because a lot of the, a lot of the writers and, uh, behind the scenes folks who worked on the office went on to work with the parks and rec show and, the good place, and yeah, so there's a little bit of a uh, a similar type of creativity to this show, mm-hmm. and then so then my second question, this might be a bit of a spoiler, but so if afterlife has been commodified mm-hmm. and you and there's the technology that your consciousness can be sent up to this cloud server to live out eternity. What happens to people who don't do that? What is like, what is their general sense of the afterlife in this world? It's very interesting that you ask that question because that's a little bit at the heart of Nora's character. So Nora is our heroine. She's played by Andy Allo, who was a new face to me, but I've since seen her in Chicago Fire, which is a story for another day. (laughs) But um, so Nora is working at this upload company that has one of these heavens, the one called Lakeview. And the reason that she does this job is in large part because in addition to just needing the money, she's also working here because she would get an employee discount to for her father to upload when he passes away and her dad is chronically ill. So she's constantly thinking about how to secure his afterlife so that she could still communicate with him. She could be his uh, his success manager, his angel, uh, if he passes away and he lives in Lakeview, right? So she's Mm -hmm. kind of partially working for this employee discount, but her dad who is, as I said, he's been very sick for a long time. He seems to have some, uh, I don't know if it's lung cancer or just like weak lungs or something, but he, he knows his time is short, but he's actually also a widower. And Nora's mom passed away when she was younger. And her dad wants nothing more than to be reunited with his wife, who died and went to actual heaven not one of these virtual realities and so there's this kind of constant push pull between Nora and her dad in the first season of whether he'll allow himself to be uploaded to a virtual reality so he can still have a relationship with Nora or if he just wants to die the old fashioned right. way and hopefully be reunited with his wife so that's kind of a philosophical question throughout the, yeah. the show and I think it's really um a A great one right because there's this it's what we're all dealing with as mere mortals we have no idea we have our faith about what happens to us after we die but we don't know but then there's this guaranteed like virtual reality so it's uh it's a good juicy question and what a moral dilemma yes for for Nora for everyone like and like It's even going into, you know, beyond your plans for like your physical body, but what do you want to have done with your immortal soul after you die? That's so interesting. And these virtual realities are very expensive. And so the, the poor people are still dying the old fashioned way. And the rich are using this as a playground for the afterlife to just extend their wealth beyond the grave. It also means there's more of a reason for them to not pass on any wealth to other generations because they're hoarding it for themselves. And Mm -hmm. when you are in this app, when you're in this virtual reality, this virtual heaven, everything that you want to do is still an upgrade It's so you have to have some real person's credit card attached to your avatar so that yeah, yeah it's really messed up it's a really how, messed up world yeah and then how do you scale that up do you just like set up an estate for yourself where you're constantly having like your lawyer's law firm or something like that who's taking care of your credit card the entire time, what happens to your consciousness if you fail to make a payment? Yep. Like a, a lot of that gets addressed in the show. and so yeah, You're going to love it. You're going to okay. love it. The other – sorry, the other show that this just reminded me of, and I kind of blanked on it because I didn't particularly like it because it's very, very dark, but Altered Carbon – Oh yes, a little bit like that. I only yeah. watched a couple episodes of that myself because like you said it was very dark and very it it leans very heavily on the sci-fi element whereas this yeah. is this is sci-fi but it's done in such a way that it's almost like uh it's 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 close enough to our real life that it doesn't yeah. it doesn't interfere too much. Like you don't have to like the world building can unfurl kind of slowly because of that. Right but a lot of what that show tackles in later episodes which you might not have no. gotten to or you but you might have suspected is this idea of uh, you know that this is a service that is only available to the very very rich mm-hmm. or the criminal mm-hmm. and um, and so there are examples of people who are too poor to afford it or who afford like a lower level of it and it's mm-hmm. almost like a a wish where mm-hmm. um you know like it gets just corrupted by the system and so like the soul of a young girl gets put into the body of an old woman because in Altered Carbon their consciousness is digitized like it is an upload but then it's put into a new body so you're functionally immortal um right So this is a a little bit, you know, that's where they really divulge as far as like the practical, practicalities of it. But um, yeah, anyway, so it's just like, it pulls from a lot of shows that I have watched or I'm familiar with, but it sounds really new and interesting. So yes, I think, I think you're gonna love it both for the... The, the setting of it and yeah. the philosophical questions that it presents but also because there's a forbidden romance in it right. also because it stars Robbie Amell as Nathan the other half of the couple that I want you to ship and he's very charming and was so funny in the duff and made such a great romantic lead in that movie He was supposed to play Josh in The Hating Game. So it's one of those things where I've become more a fan of him over time, but especially Mm -hmm. in Upload, now he kind of has cemented my love of him uh, as an actor and as a leading man. So Mm -hmm. um, that's all just kind of to whet your appetite for this. And then I do want to give a little spoiler warning here that I am going to give some more... Um, like specific spoilers for episode one of the show and then I might talk a little bit more generally about some things that happen in episodes two and three so if you don't like spoilers dear listeners I would recommend hopping off now giving the show a try maybe just the first episode even and then coming back for the rest of this discussion because as you know from listening to other episodes of <laughs> this podcast Jen and I really don't mind spoilers when we're getting recommendations from each other for a new book, movie, or show to watch. So with that said, Jen, I would love to kind of give you the setup for the show, a lot of which is established in the first episode. Mm -hmm. And it it kind of will give you a starting place for why I love Nathan and Nora specifically. Okay, go for it. Okay. So... As we kind of already established, Nora is working at this company called Horizon that has a virtual heaven called Lakeview. And what she does is all day, her shift involves sitting in front of a computer, uploading people's consciousnesses, and then talking them through their first moments as an avatar in a virtual reality, right? So it's a very unsettling experience for people. They went from being alive and human to suddenly existing only in a virtual reality. So she has these tricks that help them get acclimated. And then from that point forward, her job is to kind of monitor them and make sure that they are getting acclimated to this world. She's kind of like the customer success manager. Um, And so that's how we first meet her. And then... Kind of parallel to this storyline in the first episode, we get to meet Nathan, who is an app programmer. He's very smug and entitled, very uber confident. Um, And he's weirdly really obsessed with his hair, which I kind of don't blame him because he has a great head of hair. He's a very handsome guy. Um, But that's kind of played up for laughs in the first episode to establish that this guy is, um, you know, he's a little full of himself. He's a little cocky. He thinks he's immortal, pretty much. Um, One of his redeeming qualities is that he very clearly loves his family. And that's established um, at a Thanksgiving dinner that he attends with his best friend and also his girlfriend. And Jen, I am going to send you a gift of Nathan dancing with his niece because I feel like in the first episode... (laughs) Nathan could like really turn you off and make you think like, why would you ever ship a couple where he's half of that couple because right. he's insufferable. Um, but I think it just goes to show that this is played by Ravi Amal, who's very charming and can make you overlook <laughs> some of his issues in that first episode. But as you can see, this is him doing a little dance routine with his niece. And it's very cute. Yeah, that is very cute. And I mean, I also, I I feel like I have some leniency when it comes to someone, a character in the first episode who's kind of insufferable in this comedic way, again, calling up Good Place and Kristen Bell's yep. character, yep. who, um, you know, often referred to herself as an, what was it, an Arizona garbage person or something like that, you know, like just didn't even have a high- Dirt it's Arizona, Arizona dirt, dirt bag. bag. Right. That's yeah. right. Uh, I was like garbage. I was like garbage bag. <laughs> like I knew that gap bag was in there. But anyway, so Arizona dirt bag, and so like I feel like that's kind of what we're getting set up here, and the nature of these kind of afterlife shows or whatever yeah. is is this coming to terms with like being a good human and yes. being kind of worthy of a good afterlife um yes and it may be taking death before you realize the value of life and yeah Yeah. so he needs a redemption arc and and this is a fun way to set that up he as I mentioned so we meet Nathan uh and he's at this Thanksgiving dinner he's joined by his girlfriend Ingrid who is beautiful looks like a model but she's also very kind of like him very vapid and um entitled and just not they don't seem like the best fit even though like I said you could tell he has his own issues and can be a bit of a douchebag but he seems at least a little bit more self-aware of that than she does and Mm -hmm. he comes from kind of a middle-class family whereas she comes from a very wealthy family and even at this Thanksgiving dinner she's kind of looking down at like their ambrosia salad and things like that that she thinks are just beneath her um, so anyway, he and Ingrid go home from Thanksgiving dinner and they they have these self-driving cars in this universe where the self-driving cars can, you know, prioritize the passenger, they can prioritize pedestrians or whatever. And so they actually have this very interesting conversation that night where one of the self-driving cars almost hits a pedestrian and Nathan looks at Ingrid and he says, oh, did you prioritize occupants? And she says, of course I did. And she's like, what do you do, prioritize pedestrian? And he's just kind of shocked at like, of course I do. So that already kind of gives you uh, a good foundation for how they're, at at heart, they have really different, um, I don't know, they have different values. Yeah. And they're not a great fit, even though on the surface, they're a beautiful couple. And, you know, they're both aspiring to have a certain kind of like, Influencer friendly, uh, Instagram friendly relationship and stuff like that, where they, mm-hmm. you know, are very superficial and just want to be a power couple. So, anyway, that same night, Nathan is supposed to go pick up some groceries so that uh, he could stay the night at Ingrid's house, and all of a sudden, his car, his self-driving car, barrels straight into, I think it's a like a big truck or something like that, and it, it you know, Nathan tries to stop the car he tries to do a manual override and this self-driving car just ignores him and plows right into it. So he's in a really bad accident. Um, and the next we see him, he's in a hospital and the doctors and nurses around him are saying like his vitals are falling and he needs to decide either, is he going to upload or are they going to take him to the operating room where they're not sure he's going to survive? Now, I want to pause here because the scenes of the hospital are actually kind of hilarious because from the way that they're describing his, uh, like, what's wrong with him, his ailments, they're saying, I think they say he has, like, fractured ribs and, like, a punctured lung or something. It's not actually things that they shouldn't be able to fix. And so it's really weird that they're kind of, they're pushing him to upload. And there's someone there from the company Horizon with Ingrid who her family is a quote-unquote Horizon family, a Lakeview family. So, of course, there's someone there trying to upsell him to upload and so she can make money off of him. And then the doctors there kind of being like, there's no hope for you really, so, like, you know, make a decision. So yeah. it's this really weird thing. And then, of course, the the woman from Horizon there is, like, handing him an iPad of, like, okay, you just have to accept our terms and conditions and, and what have you. So – it's, like, it's one of those things where you could just so easily picture these horrible, evil corporations totally taking advantage of you in situations like that. And Well, and it also, I mean, it just opens up even more um, ethics questions yep. or philosophical questions of, like, because there, even now, there are so many conversations around, like, DNRs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. and And, you know, just, like... People's rights to make decisions about their bodies and stuff like that. So, and the problems with our healthcare system and insurance system set up the way they are. Yeah, it's so it's very interesting. Like that, there's some really kind of good comedy there. Ingrid is by his side. She's really pressuring him to upload because she has been very insecure in their relationship, and I think she could kind of tell that he is not that into her. And so she's kind of saying, look, we could be together forever. Um, You can just like you can upload under my family's account and we'll take care of everything and and whatever, which, of course, he knows means that he will be indebted to her for the rest of his afterlife. Um, But they scare him so bad and his mom isn't at the hospital yet. So he says, "Okay, fine, whatever. I'll upload. And he signs the agreement They do this really creepy upload scene. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's kind of like disgusting. Basically, his body is put on ice, which is kind of interesting. It makes you wonder if maybe the show will come full circle and they can do what you said about um, Altered Carbon, where maybe they'll put him back in his body one day. I don't know. Um, But in the meantime, Nathan is officially uploaded to Lakeview. And of course... His customer success manager is Nora, and she helps him get um, kind of set up and uh, asks him, you know, to recite the ABCs and things like that so that she can start to figure out like what his avatar should look like, what his voice should sound like, what his accent is, you know, like she's setting up his avatar. And then suddenly he finds himself in this, you know, beautiful... Um, hotel room basically that is his new that's his new abode Um, and so Nora at first is only a voice inside of his head and she's there as his guardian angel he's kind of supposed to call her angel if he needs help Um, and kind of quickly you realize that he doesn't have some of his memories from the real world and so that's Mm -hmm. kind of a mystery but really the whole central mystery of the show get set up in this first episode, which is was Nathan's car accident really an accident? If not, you know, what happened oh. and why did someone sabotage the car? Um, you know, and also kind of just is Nathan redeemable, right? So in this first right. episode, you start to be like, oh, is he really going to be as bad as he seems? Or is he actually going to be um, a good person now that he's kind of away from the toxic relationship with Ingrid and, and stuff like that? So um, well, and also, I mean, also just the I, as much as this world has been built off of a very capitalistic structure, you know, the trapping. What does he looked like like himself hit like who he is yep. down deep what does that look like when he's away from the influences of just like our society yeah but what's funny is how similar in some ways Lakeview is to the world he just left he right. can still talk to Ingrid on like FaceTime um he quickly kind of realizes how messed up this Lakeview world is like there are weird um, like glitches to it. like I said uh, like let's say he wants a bag of chips or something that is an in-app purchase that he has to ask Ingrid for. Um, there's kind of a small cast of characters because according to the way the logic of this world is set up, like there are probably like hundreds of thousands or millions of people at Lakeview, right. but you can only interact with the people that live within like the same five floors of you on this like giant, in this like giant um, hotel building that they're in. And um, there's constant product placement. So they're always trying to give him samples of like gum or something. Basically he thinks it's, he comes to think it's like monstrous and just like hellish, like an even worse place than the world that he just came from. Also, of course, he's limited in the places he can go. He's limited in like the clothes he wears, like everything about his existence is, um, you know, like very limited and as you said, there are clear differences in someone who came there with immense wealth and can afford any of the in-app purchases they want. And then some of the other people who maybe are on a limited data plan and, you know, can do even less activities than he can and stuff. It's kind of, I mean, as someone who definitely doesn't love kind of, like, even real life, like, resort life after a while, where you're, like, this is very stifling and limiting, um, he starts to feel that way very quickly about this virtual reality, um, and so the end of the first episode is him kind of being, like, oh, this is not really a heaven at all, I, like, want to try to figure out, like, how to get back to the real world or something, there's something called a data torrent, and apparently some people who don't, um, uh that aren't settling in well at Lakeview kind of commit suicide by data torrent because if you jump into that basically you cease to exist anymore. Um wow. so he starts like heading toward that. And so Nora is of course freaking out because her job kind of depends on uh having you know her like Having her customers still be alive, or at least right, virtually, right. If it's on a commission basis. <laughs> yeah, or whatever, exactly. Yeah. Right, like it's like he's a client, and so she needs to make sure he stays happy. So she, instead of just being the voice in his head at this point, puts on some VR goggles and appears in uh, Lakeview to talk him down from the ledge. And this is the first time that the two of them interact, kind of face to face. And in that first interaction, you know, she really tries to talk to him, you know, philosophically about like, you know, life isn't perfect. This afterlife isn't perfect either. But, you know, there are potentially some things that you'll find and really love about it and et cetera, et cetera, really kind of calms him down. And he takes the opportunity to call her quote, really pretty. And so, oh. you know, you know, Ravi Amel can be very charming and Nathan is no exception. He, right, clearly, he is also very pretty. He's very probably. pretty. He's mm-hmm. used to getting his way with women. So it doesn't mean that much, but the way he says it isn't in like a really flirty way. It's just kind of like, yeah, congratulations. You're really pretty. Um, yeah. And so you're immediately kind of intrigued. And this is where their relationship starts to take off because she clearly, despite... She plays a little bit with him in the beginning. She clearly thinks he's kind of a jerk. And so for instance, she gives him this like cowlick that's constantly sticking up his in his hair. And so he's constantly like patting it down of like, what's going on with my hair? So she pokes a little bit of fun at him in the beginning just to get a rise out of him. And he's joking with her from pretty much the first minute he exists again in this virtual reality. So they have this kind of, like jokey relationship from the start, but this is when it starts actually being a little bit more meaningful between them. So mm-hmm. that's just, and then the show really goes from there, right? Of how he can adjust to living in this new experience, especially when he still feels the pull of his real life and his family and right. everything that's going on with Ingrid and starting to slowly realize that he might not have needed to die really. And so what's going on with that? Um, yeah, And then Nora just kind of, is really putting her career at risk at certain points because he starts to mean more and more to her. So she starts kind of bending the rules for him. Um, Right. Well, and also what does a relationship between these two mean or like, how can it go forward when he's in this alternate reality or, you know, virtual reality and she is a real person with, you know, a real life and, you know, Yes. And you know, I love a forbidden yes. romance. And that's exactly <laughs> what this is, right? It's, it's an angel. It's a, it's a real life human and an upload or, you know, an avatar in a virtual reality. How could that ever work? Like it's really heartbreaking and star crossed between them. And yet you can't help but be drawn to them because immediately it's clear that Nathan is sees Nora in a different way from Ingrid right so he confides in her he listens to her in return there's this kind of tenderness that is between them from the very beginning um there's this clear attraction and even though he constantly you know still clearly finds Ingrid attractive and stuff and everything that she could offer him in terms of like status and stuff in the real world still has its pull on him but pretty quickly you just see kind of a genuine rapport between him and Nora that does not exist between Nathan and Ingrid. Um, And so for instance, in episode two, um, Nathan realizes one of the memories that was damaged in his upload was that he couldn't remember what like his prom song was and Nora starts singing it. It was Uptown Funk um, and kind of helps him regain that memory and stuff. And then, you know, in the meantime, Nathan listens to Nora rant about work and about her her dad not wanting to be uploaded and like how you know her biggest fears and stuff. And from that very like that second episode, he's already kind of just like referring to her as like his cute angel. And I'm gonna share this gift, Jen, so that you can kind of see how she's willing to look goofy in front of him to help him remember things. Oh yeah, yeah. And then he is. In the gift set, he is um, kind of, like, giving her a rating of how her dance was or whatever, and he gives her, like, five stars, and then he's joking that he's going to take some stars away. It's just very cute. Yeah, yeah, no, this is super cute, and you just, you kind of immediately pick up on their dynamic that, you know, he's, like, Ugh, cringy or whatever, and gives her three stars, and then she looks at him as, kind of with an expression of, what the hell, man, and you know, then you can see that he's teasing and he gives her the five stars. Um, yeah. So anytime, um, it's kind of like in real life, right? Anytime you talk to some sort of company's representative, they want you to take a survey and tell them how they're right. doing. And so her job and thus her, um, her company discount really depends on her having like, I think it's like a 4.5 star customer rating or something mm-hmm. like that. So anytime he and she interacts, she, he has to give her like a rating of some sort so that's something that he's kind of joking with her about like oh maybe I'll give you like three or four stars or whatever and then he's like uh-huh. just kidding it's five it's always five like he actually constantly right. looks for opportunities just like give her extra five stars it's right. really cute um this is a shallow um sidebar comment but uh Robbie Amell like he was like attractive in that almost like too perfect, sort of way. Back in the day, he looks real good. I <laughs> in, know. No, in like I know, like the laugh lines and like forehead wrinkles really did something for him. So I know, and he's so high in how he interacts with. Yeah. Laura too because he can be like I said he can be so kind and thoughtful and tender toward her and that just makes him so much hotter yeah um and so and just like the way he looks at her and you just like want to melt um so yeah he has a lot going for him it's funny because I think you and I both saw Arrow first and it was his cousin yeah. Stephen Amel that we were like oh he's so attractive but now I am I definitely would say that Robbie Amel is the superior Amell Agreed. <laughs> not that we like need to objectify them, but I'm just saying. Right, right. We're not, you know, we would never, ever objectify someone on this podcast, but if we were. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, other than there just being that kind of forbidden aspect that keeps you watching episode after episode and, and, and enjoying how they're getting closer and closer, but knowing there's some angst ahead, I think the biggest reason, too, that I think you'll really, um, ship them hard the, the way I do is because there's this great balance of innocence, but also it's a very sexy relationship at the same time, maybe for mm-hmm. being as innocent as it is. Um, so for instance, uh, this kind of goes back to something going on between Nathan and Ingrid. So Ingrid has the ability to wear like to wear like VR goggles or whatever, and to come into Lakeview as a visitor, and there's something called sex suits where you can put on, like, a VR sex <laughs> suit and feel like you're, like, having sex in this right, virtual reality. Right. So she rents a sex suit, and she and Nathan are planning to have this, like, you know, romantic night or whatever. So she... Comes to Lakeview and, you know, in in the virtual reality, she's very, you know, wearing like sexy lingerie and stuff. And they're starting to fool around. But let's just say Nathan can't really get into it. (laughs) And so Ingrid calls for his angel and is complaining about like, why is his equipment not working? Like, I, you know, I rented the suit and everything and I like pay for all of this. So why am I not getting what I want, basically? So of course, that means Nora like beams into the room. And, um, I think Ingrid like goes into the bathroom or something and is like, take care of this or whatever. So, uh, Nora is just like, of course, just horrified to be there, but she says, you know, she tries to put on a professional face and she's like, okay, well, uh, I guess I'm going to need to like check your responses or whatever. And so there's this scene of him where she's like gently stroking his chest and, speaking to him in like a husky voice and basically the two of them are like eye fucking um and it turns (laughs) out that there's nothing wrong with his equipment let's just say um (laughs) but it's obviously it's it's mortifying for Nathan as well um that he's like yeah clearly I just like he he had been thinking of He had been feeling closer to Nora and not really interested in Ingrid anymore, so he's in this like weird situation. Right. Well, I was so saying, his complex sexuality say, coming through. Isn't that great? Um. I was going to say, yeah. I just sent you that gift set, so you. Can oh, see what I mean. excellent. Uh, I love that the URL is. I'll need to test for responsiveness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. That's good. <laughs> and it's so, but it's so well done because, I mean, I think that scene could very easily have gone too yes. salacious yes. or whatever. But this is just, like, it's literally a fingertip down his chest and then him not making eye contact yep. while she's touching him and then, like, looking up up at her. And he looks so vulnerable and turned on at the same time yes yes that's my sweet spot apparently (laughs) yes there's very few gifts of this show which is a real shame and I hope that that changes with season two so I think it's very telling that this is one of those scenes it is so sexy it's very intimate and like I said, Ingrid is just a door away. And so right. there it just it has this feel of like, oh, we're not supposed to be doing this. We're not supposed to be feeling these things for each other. And like right. you said, there's vulnerability, but also he's like very turned on. And so yeah. it's just I'm like, oh, this is delicious. This is why I love yeah. shipping i uh, i'm not gonna lie after you sent that first gift site i did click on the tag to see what else was available and it, it there really isn't a whole lot no so, um it's a damn shame let me it's tell a you damn shame indeed because this is this is good right <laughs> i can just add the episode right here but um i do want to share just a couple little more tidbits so All throughout right. the course of the first season there's also Nathan saying this line, he says, you're my favorite person here. I just feel more optimistic when you're around. Um, and there's a scene of Nora falling asleep next to him. And then they wake up the next morning. And they're like, oh, shit, right? Like, because she was actually sleeping at her desk in in reality. Right. Um, so there, like, there's just this kind of constant risk of He kind of can't break up with Ingrid because she pays for his existence. And Nora, like I said, she can't risk her rating falling because then her dad couldn't get into virtual reality. So there are all these like external reasons that they can't be together, which is my favorite thing because I kind of get tired of this internal oh, we just can't be together because of X or Y. Like, you know, that's fun and leads to good slow burn at first. But at a certain point, it kind of strains credulity where you're kind of like, at a certain point, you guys could just figure this out. So the fact that it's not just them sorting out how they feel about each other and can they take the risk on love, it's actually like there are there are external reasons or external conflicts and hurdles to their being together that adds just like an extra layer right. of... Tension between them, and with re- I mean, and with very real consequences. I mean, I think especially, it, you know, it's life or death for her, but it's for him as well. That, um, you know, that that for her, the stakes are her father's soul. For him, it's, <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> no big deal for him. It's the same, and it's that very real because. I mean, everything that you have told me has not um, made me think that if he were to say, uh, Ingrid, I want to break up with you, that she would be like, okay, I'll just let your soul coast on my family's credit card. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. No. She has her, she has her idea, like, you know, talk about just being very superficial and just, she has pictured them together forever and being this power couple or whatever and so him dying you know is a little bit of a wrinkle in that plan but now she's like great like I can live my life however I want to and then I'm guaranteed to have like a soulmate in the afterlife so everything's right. kind of perfect for her well and also imagine that I mean just like looking at influencer the cynical side of influencer culture is like can you imagine the flex of her being like oh my fiance or boyfriend died or whatever but like You know, I'm still... So, like, she gets, like, sympathy points, but... Shen, yes! They actually live stream his funeral. Yeah. And that is 100%. She gets off on being kind of, like, the widow, the grieving girlfriend, and and all that stuff. Yes, 100%. Mm -hmm. She's loving the attention she gets from that. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of sad. But back to Nathan and Nora, I'm going to leave you with one last gif, which is of them... Uh, being side by side before they fall asleep together under the stars on a blanket and um, oh baby I already opened it um yeah. I yeah as soon as I saw that go into the chat I was like oh my gosh what is what what could she possibly be tempting me with next um yeah this is just like a sweet moment like the last one was so sexy and charged but this one is just like a little smirk as they you know kind of look at each other before apparently they go off to sleep and that's adorable yeah yeah Yeah. so I felt that that was a good way to end it before I ask the all-important question are you ready Mm, yes okay after I've talked to you about upload and Nathan and Nora I have to ask do you plan to ship it or skip it um I definitely plan to ship it. Yay. Um I don't think anyone will be surprised by that. I don't think that you should be surprised by that, especially because I because I love sci-fi fantasy stuff so much. I've been kind of waiting to watch this show and and have us discuss it on the podcast and um and so I definitely had you know, interest in it from day one. And I think as you said, it's a good time to be coming into the show because I will get even more. I won't have to have waited for two years. Oh, God, I know. It's been excruciating. I'm sorry. I honestly though, like when it didn't come back with a new season last year, I was like, Oh, maybe that was just like, Maybe it was a limited series or, you know, like that was just the extent of the show. No, they um, leave it at such a good cliffhanger. And in fact, one of my friends recently caught up on it and was texting. It's actually a mutual friend of ours, Saima, had just binge watched it and was texting me all these questions about it and like, what's going to happen? I was like, Saima, I don't, I have no idea because- Um, I've been waiting to find out for the past two years, like what the deal is with this last episode, because it puts a lot of, it, it changes a lot of the what you thought you knew about where the characters were going. And so it has some great twists. And mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, I have no idea either. And I'm jealous that you don't have to wait that long to find out. Right, right, exactly. Um, so I do have to say that, At the time of this recording, I have no idea what's going to happen between Nathan and Nora in season two. So you can't hold that against me, Jen, (laughs) if something happens. Uh But I will say that I don't think that this show is going to make me regret my investment or that it'll make you regret your investment. Because I think Greg Daniels really proved that with Jim and Pam, he knows Mm -hmm. how to take a couple from like slow burn. Well, there won't they through to being together, getting engaged, even having kids and like let's just be honest, Jim and Pam is one of the most satisfying TV romances of all time. So, I do come into this with a little bit more faith than I might if this yeah. were coming from another showrunner. So, I do want to, you know, say to anyone listening, if you give this show a shot, we don't yet know if Nathan and Nora are going to get a happily ever after but I do think our hearts will be relatively safe with this show. So I think it's worth taking a shot. Um, And if nothing else, you'll love this show for everything else, but I I really do believe it's also going to be um, a joyful experience for shippers in the end too. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I was going through a couple of scenarios of how this show and this couple could play out. I honestly think that, As long as it was satisfying, but maybe a little sad, I could see being happy with however it goes. A bittersweet ending? Yeah, yeah. I don't Um, know. I mean, yeah. I mean, of course I don't want it to be (laughs) bittersweet. I'm just saying, like, I could see, like, the nature of the show lends itself to a potentially bittersweet ending that I hope they would not pursue, but if they did it the right way. So this is all a huge thing, right? <laughs> that if they did it the right way, I could be maybe slightly okay with it because I could, you know, be like, Oh, they'll meet in the other side or they'll right, meet, whatever. Right, you know, like, right. No, I completely agree. I think I think and this comes to something that I I think about a lot in terms of fanish culture and how shipping mm-hmm some shippers have gone to the point where if it doesn't end with a happily ever after they think the whole experience was like a failure and a waste of their time and they kind of feel entitled to having their couple get together and have a happily ever after but I think for me one of the things with shipping is it a lot of times does break my heart and stuff but I just think it's a little bit on me to just enjoy the ride and enjoy the experience of shipping, no matter how it ends, because I can always like reclaim the ending for myself. And I have done that with other things. And so I just want, I, you know, I want storytellers to tell the story of their heart and maybe I'll love the ending. Maybe I won't, but you know, I just try to live by the practice of like shipping is not, it's like about the journey as much as anything. And as long as I've been having fun with that and fix it, fix exist and fan videos exist like I know I'll be okay however it ends uh and you and I are not in the prediction business but you're right I think this one could very easily have some sort of bittersweet ending and honestly like sometimes that's kind of nice because you know you can then imagine the reuniting in the actual uh right. afterlife or what have you it's or for free yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah yeah, I mean, again, I I don't, that's not... That's not I what we that, want. <laughs> that's not what we want. I want them to, you know, ride off into the sunset and live happily ever after together. I was even talking uh, to a friend about uh, a book and it has, I'm currently reading the sequel, like, a, or a later book in this series. And there's been a big time jump from the book that I've just read to this book that I'm reading just recently. And I was like, wait, that means that the characters from that book are, like, in their 60s now, and, you know, that means that they could die soon, you know? Like, (laughs) so even that of these fictional people having lived, you know, 20-plus years in a happy relationship, like, the thought of their mortality was – undoing me so and yet that's um, what makes some of these stories so beautiful right and at yeah. a certain point we are going to be in our 60s and we're not going to want to believe you can't still love someone at that point so I just think it shows the you know the full range of love and even yeah. if it does end with they could you know they're they aren't going to be together in the real world like we can still appreciate um what it says about love being um you know kind of eternal in its way yeah yeah, just for the record, I was not saying that I don't think that they could have a I know. beautiful love. No, I like know, 16. I know, I know, but I know what you mean, right? Like it's with yeah. Outlander, the thought of how Claire and Jamie missed 20 years together yeah. at one point, And all of a sudden, spoilers, like, yeah, big spoilers for <laughs> yeah. Outlander. Um, but you know, it's kind of like that always kind of like crushed me a little bit that they missed out on so much time together. Yeah. Um, because if there's one thing you can't get back, it's time. So yeah, I mean, we'll see how this show ends. But I think just from season one, I'm so glad that I shipped them. And yeah. it makes me so excited to watch season two. And this wasn't uh, shipping and romance wasn't something I got out of the trailers for this. I don't think I realized that I might have a ship in this show. I was just going to kind of watch it because the trailer was pretty funny. Um, And this was a nice bonus. Yeah. I live in eternal hope that if I see two hot people in a trailer (laughs) interacting with each other, I'm like, I'm going to ship that. Well, obviously. (laughs) Yes, obviously. 100%. But I don't know how much Nora and Nathan scenes were teased in that trailer that I saw, but that's beside the point. Yeah. I mean, this was, it's just such a nice mix. And I think, um, I'm really glad that you're willing to check it out. I think you're going to have a great time with it. I am thrilled and excited and have lots to look forward to. So,
1: and I you. did,
0: oh, you go ahead. Nope. <laughs> Jen, what were you going to say? I just said, thank you. I was going to say thank you for introducing me. So you go finish your thought. Um, Well, I was just going to say there is not a lot of fanish material about this show, as you could tell on Tumblr, Mm -hmm. but I did find a really good fan video. So I will share that with you and put it in the notes. You probably want to wait until after you've seen season one to watch it. But I think it's a nice encapsulation of the Nathan and Nora relationship. Great. Um, And I obviously will expect your full review once you have watched it. (laughs) Of course. um, I love that this season so far, the shows that you've been pitching me on are, like, six to eight episodes, or, you know, like, eight to ten episodes, because that just, like, that's just right where my attention span is recently, so... Well, wait until we get to Chicago Fire, which is now on season 10. Yeah, and I have to wait 10 seasons until a couple even, like, (laughs) hold their hands together or something. I mean, no spoilers, but maybe, possibly. Until they make eye contact. They make eye contact for the first time in season 10, episode 27. (laughs) Well... Yeah. I mean, no, it's not, it's not going to be like that, but it is going to be kind of hilarious. Hopefully we'll see. Okay. Um, Okay. In the meantime, Jen, can you tease anything for me about what you'd like to discuss next time? So yes, I definitely have a show. It's a TV show that has totally captured my attention to the point that we are not all the way through season one, of this show that just premiered this year, and I am already totally enchanted by a couple. Um, and it's funny that we talked a lot about The Office. This show um, reminds me a lot of, you know, Parks and Rec, Office sort of things, but um, it is not by that camp. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't want to tease too much because I feel like if you look up. Any other clue of a show that starts this year, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But um, I love it. I think everyone should be watching it. It's not even through a full season yet. I'm already praying for season two because I so love this couple that they're hinting at. And, you know, so as you say, it's a chance to get in on the ground floor of a ship. Well, I already know what this is, full disclosure. (laughs) And in a real role reversal, this was me begging you to do this recommendation so that I could finally watch it. So it's true. yeah, you sent me a a tweet and you're like, I'm gonna watch this if you don't pitch it soon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have been really wanting to watch this and you just happened to start it before me and told me that I wasn't allowed to watch it. And I've been very good... You friends and I have not cheated. <laughs> um, this reminded me that I, when the trailer for this show first dropped, I called dibs and said so that I really wanted to talk about the show and I did not want you to watch it or you to try and pitch it for me. And then when it started and all of my hopes and dreams were confirmed. I called dibs again. <laughs> and I really regretted agreeing to it. Let me tell you. <laughs> so yeah, I'm super excited about it. I'm glad that you have enthusiasm for the show already. And I'll give you my full pitch next episode. Perfect. I am on hooks. I cannot wait. Um, But until next time, everyone, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed, we ask that you please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to listen. It does help more people discover our show. And we hope that you'll join us next week for a new recommendation. Bon voyage!